Hey, everybody, this is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. This is the podcast for brain changers who choose to live their very best thought lives. I'm so glad you're here. And hey, let's get right to it. Your brain and mine are plastic or moldable. And if this isn't the best news, I'm not sure what is. And you're thinking, well, why is that? Well, it's because those negative, toxic thoughts and mindsets that seem to be hardwired into our brain's circuitry can actually be de-energized and disassembled and then rewired with God's truth. Truth leads us toward optimal emotional health and wholeness. And you're thinking, uh, what is truth and where can I find it? Well, as Christians, we know the answer. It's God's word. Jesus himself claimed not only to be the way and the life, but also the truth. The process of neurogenesis or the formation of new neurons and our responsibility to think, feel, and choose, as Dr. Leaf says, requires persistence and consistency. What you think matters a ton. And if you're not behaving in a godly fashion, or if you find yourself stuck in otherwise toxic emotions, there is hope because you can control what you think. And you can establish the habit of taking thoughts captive from 2 Corinthians 10. And you can become transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's from Romans 12 too. With God's help and time or repetition, you may stand amazed at how far you can go simply by choosing to think. Today, we'll talk about six ways and practical tips to store God's word in your heart and mind. Then we'll talk about how to establish life-changing habits to help you become the person you most want to be. I'm Victoria, and without further ado, let's dive into an amazing lesson on neuroplasticity, truth leads, and establishing not only better brain and thinking habits, but also general habits to help you live your best life and to start today. Thank you again for tuning in, Brain Changers. Let's go. Today, we're going to dig deep into what is brain neuroplasticity, what that means, um, the impact that our thoughts have on our brain, as well as some habits that we want to start, uh, start and put into place. As far as our devotional, as we just start out this morning, the truth lead, what I'm calling a truth lead, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, is from Jeremiah 31, 21. And it says, I set up for myself road marks. I put into place for myself guideposts. I direct my mind to the highway, the way by which I went. And this was written as an encouragement to the Jews to return to their own land. All right. And the, the key words here are roadmarks, guideposts, direct my mind. And I'd like to suggest that for us in this journey of life, that as Christians, we also need markers to help steer us in the right direction. In other words, we are disengaging with um, allowing our minds to be captivated by false beliefs, lies, and anything that's contrary to who God says we are and what God says about our situation. And instead, we're looking at the tried and true ways to reorient and keep ourselves on the right path. And so I call these markers and guideposts uh, to direct my mind in the proper direction or their truth leads. Um, 
here's another one I want to take a look at, though. It's from Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. And here I just want to remind us very quickly that God's word is a treasure in our a deposit that we make in our hearts. We place it there. And this act of treasuring means we store it. So we want to become hoarders of God's word in our hearts. So that's kind of just a little backdrop to set the tone for where we're going today in the lesson. So before we keep going, I'd invite you to pray with me. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this wonderful day that you have given us. And this is the day that you've made. So we will rejoice and be glad in you and we'll be glad in this day. I thank you for April and Kathleen, for Julie, for Nancy, for Christine, for so many ladies, uh, Kelly that, that are coming to mind who I know couldn't be here today. But Lord, I, I pray your blessings upon these women, upon these participants, whether here with me or on Facebook who are kind of driving a stake in the sand, in the ground and saying, you know what, I'm ready. This is the direction that I want to go. I'm ready to start taking those thoughts captive, addressing the issues and moving forward in health and wholeness toward, toward what God says about us. So thank you, Lord, for this time. May you bless it. May the words that I speak and the lessons that I bring be an encouragement to anyone who listens and may they be coming from your heart as well, God, as you guide me and lead me. I need you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Talking about storing God's word in our heart, talking about truth leads and what a truth lead actually is. A truth lead is the truth, God's word, a scripture, an affirmation that is true and that leads us in a proper direction. So first we have to make sure that we're storing up God's word in our heart. We've got to be familiar with the truth that we're trying to use as guideposts and signs and markers in our journey. And so basically, how do we do that? Well, and, and I'd love to know where you are personally in this in this stage and but if you look at these six stages I wonder where you might be and you may say you know what I'm really good at one and two but mm, I struggle a little bit with the other ones and so just think about this ponder this ask the Lord to open your eyes to where you may need to show some more time investment or dedication in this in this stage for making the Bible readily available. You know, when you want to start a good habit, you've got to make it easy for yourself to establish and develop that habit. You want to make sure that you have friction involved with those bad habits that you have. You want to make those habits hard for you. And you want to make the habits that you're trying to develop good for you, easy for you. And do you have your Bible lying around? Maybe you have your favorite Bible search tools 
on your computer. Maybe you have Bible apps on your phone, Bible verses like framed verses up around your house to where you're constantly seeing and immersed in the word of God, or you can glance up and be reminded of a truth. Maybe um, you've, you've decided, I have a friend who he and his wife, uh, every day, he's someone I interviewed for the podcast, and every day they, they get up together and they have the, a Bible app going on in the background where they're listening to it together daily, like while they're getting ready, coming in and out of the bedroom, going to the kitchen, it's just playing and it's setting the tone for their day. So that's something that they do as a couple, they listen to God's word daily. Maybe you're, you're studying the word of God. Perhaps you're diving deep on your own into what passages mean. You're reading about the historical, archaeological basis, evidence, all of that of the of different verses and chapters and books of the Bible. You, you may even identify yourself as a Bible scholar because that's who you're becoming. You're saying, it's not that I want to study the Bible but rather I am a person who studies the Bible. That's who I am. And um, that study of the word will help sharpen your mind. Once you begin to engage your brain, we talked about this on, on Monday. You, if you start asking questions in your brain, suddenly your brain kicks into high gear. It wants to find the answers. So engage your brain in the process of learning and, and bringing these truths into your heart. You might even want to do a Bible study with a friend to hold you accountable. Maybe a devotional. You know, I have my daughter-in-law daughter and I do a a, a devotional every single week. It's a daily devotional and we gather on, you know, one day a week and we talk about what we learned the week before and we share our insights and our thoughts. And, and, you know, I might not do that. So, you know, just as much if I didn't know that, gosh, she's going to be waiting for me on Sunday evening when we chat and she's counting on me to, to make sure that I'm doing this and studying. So that accountability is so good. Maybe you want to start your own Sunday school class. Perhaps you want to teach because when, when you're in this with other believers, your faith, your understanding, your awareness of scriptural truths will definitely increase hands down. And if you don't know something and someone asks you, the motivation is there for you to find out and make corrections along the way as you grow. When you teach, you grow. You may also say, you know what, I'm going to make it a small goal to start memorizing one new verse a day. You can print it out, read it over and over again, experience the reward of this truth washing over your brain, because what you're doing is creating new neuro pathways. Literally, that's what's happening in your brain when you attempt to memorize something. And the more reps you have or repetitions, the deeper these grooves, the stronger these neuro pathways become, and that'll help you have quicker recall. Or maybe you want to pray the word. One, you know, after you've come to the point of memorizing verses, you can actually pray them back to God to encourage your own heart. You can say things like, well, Lord, your word says that you will never leave me nor forsake me. And you wouldn't know that unless you'd already studied it and maybe memorized some of those verses about that. And what happens, what's the result in your behavior when you store God's word in your heart? It impacts your thoughts and your emotions and your actions. If you're thinking truth, you will feel truth and behave in ways that are congruent with your identity in Christ. 
And the reward goes back to all those fruits. When your heart is rooted in God's truth, his immeasurable love for you produces that good fruit of his spirit. And so why is all this even important? Why are we motivated to do these things? It's so that we can fulfill our purpose on earth and walk into those good plans that God has for us. You know, I think the enemy would love to see us rendered useless in our impact, but God says, "Mm -mm -mm -mm, you are mine. This is who you are. Now walk this way. But in order to do that, we got to know who we are and who we are becoming. And starting with God's word is the critical first step in this in the process. Can you all tell me, April, Julie, or Kathleen, where you might be in this process of storing God's word? Anyone want to chime in on this? And well, I can. I, I read daily and I, I actually have a dedicated chair in a room that I'm pr pretty much the only one who uses it. So I have a chair and I have a, a copy of my a Bible, mm -hmm. not my study Bible, but just laying in that chair. So as soon as my husband leaves for work, I can go in there, turn on the light, pick up my Bible and I have it bookmarked. And um, so I just kind of have I just that's my time to read and pray. And then I'm also in a Bible study, a preset Bible study I've been in for years. So later in the day, I'll actually study it. And so I, those I'm fine. I, and I pray the word, but I'm I memorizing. It's not, I'm not great. I can maybe um, tell you a verse or tell you like a, sort of what the verse says, maybe not word for word, but I have a hard time remembering where it is in the Bible, the scripture verse, the reference. Gotcha. So that's where I fall short. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of said, you know what, as long as I can get the verse, I'm not as concerned about the reference and where it is that I kind of let myself off the hook of that too. Some of them I know, but um, you know, it's nice to be able to flip that out along with the verse, but I paraphrase a little bit. Well, when I paraphrase one and somebody else say, now, where is that in the Bible? And I say, well, I can't remember. So <laughs> let's go look it up right now. Here yeah. it is on my app. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. Julie, Kathleen. This is Kathleen. I have a scripture passage that comes to my phone every morning that I read and contemplate on. And I recently started with a group of like-minded Christian women. We meeting on Wednesdays. So we meet on a Wednesday night um, to ponder on a scripture passage, which we then um, discuss among us. So I love that. that's how I store God's word. Thank you for um, the ability to contribute. Yes, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah, I do. A, I have a little morning gratitude sheet here that I go through that one of our pastors at church um, gave us in a woman's group a couple years back. So I go through that in the morning and then I have a daily devotional that I read. And then I usually spend time praying or reading or something just to have that quiet time in the morning with the Lord. That's wonderful. Yes, you all have given so many excellent examples of, of what you're doing in a practical, in very practical ways, achievable, doable ways that may be really encouraging to others who are just chiming in, tuning in here. So thank you for sharing. Let's talk about 
our identity, because that's a part of the whole purpose of this challenge is to make sure that we know that our minds are fired up for Christ. And when we begin to guard his, his word in our hearts and store it up there, then we have a greater sense of who we actually are in Christ. And the awesome truth leads to begin the process of rewiring our brains. For me, anyway, it started with those scriptures that that would tell me exactly who I am according to, to God and his word. And you may know Neil Anderson. He created a long list of who you are and who I am in Christ. He actually divided his long list into three broad categories. You know, I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. And be, beneath each of those titles or subtitles, I guess, he has a list of scriptures that support those um, identity traits of who we are as children of God. And you, you, I would encourage you though, to search for truth leads that help you personally right now where you are, because each person develops her own list of truth leads to guide their, you know, their thoughts, emotions, and behavior. I know I did in my life. And what I'm going to do is I have a PDF of a whole bunch of truth leads that I use just scripture, but I've got them in little teeny um, printable, it's a printable format, like verse, you know, scripture cards, and you can actually print those off maybe on cardstock and then stick them up, tape them up around your car, your bathroom, at your desk, on your fridge, anywhere you want. They're just very bare bone. There are no graphics or anything on there, but those are some of the truth leads that I have used in, in my, in my journey. I want to talk a little bit about our brain's ability to change and all these truth leads that we're establishing can actually change the way we choose, change the way we think, change the way we believe. And this is powerful. You know, God's word tells us to take thoughts captive and because what we're doing when we take thoughts captive is we're, we're then charged to bring them to submission to the obedience of Christ. And that's 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Now that I'm looking at right here at my desk. So I can quote that reference. But the, the, the point is, is that when we take thoughts captive, we bring them into obedience of Christ. And so we have to reckon with what Christ says about that thought. And that's where we get our truth lead. That's where we can say, you know what, I'm having a talk a, a thought that is contrary to God's word. So I'm going to replace it with this truth lead instead. In your brain, what happens is that when you start focusing on that truth, that truth lead, that new thought, that scripture, that affirmation, then you will more readily think of that. And slowly and over time, the toxic thought loses power. It loses residence in your brain. It becomes weakened and weakened. <laughs> And before we go on, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Let's move, let's weave our way a little bit into developing those habits. What can we do in our lives to begin making those changes happen biologically in our brains? And I love James Clear and some of his teachings on, he's, he wrote the book Atomic Habits. And so think atomic, think the little tiny, tiny, tiny particles and what, where he kind of in part got his 
claim to fame was that he says, hey, if you he breaks up those big goals and big ideas and big desires we have into teeny, 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 teeny steps. So suddenly it's like, oh, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can change. And this is what it takes you know, to elicit that change and to, to evoke that change, even in our brains and then in our, our day-to-day life and what we're actually doing. So over time, a little habit can become a big change in our lives. So if you really do want to memorize scripture, then you start with a small one and you just, you just start there and make, and, and you can do it and I can do it and attach the reference to it. We can actually do that. So we aim for a 1% change. Too often we think, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds and that's huge. So instead we can say, okay, I'm going to lose one pound. And that seems more um, doable and attainable. Often important goals take time and the ultimate reward, because our brains are wired for reward, right? And that comes much later. So what we need to do is try to have some kind of reward during the process itself. So for example, you might say, I want to go to the gym and I want to start exercising. So every time you start doing those things, you actually execute on those goals, then you can simply put an X on your calendar. And suddenly you'll see that, wow, I've got a lot of X's on my calendar. And then the, the goal can become, hey, I don't want to break that chain or something like that. Now, as far as exercising, um, you know, James Clear would even suggest start teeny and just put your running shoes on first, make that your goal. I mean, he, he, he goes into it like that. He also emphasizes that the motivation comes after the action. We think we have to be motivated. And he said, no, all you have to do is start. The motivation will come later. I love point number three, where, whoops, where we need to focus on who we're becoming. In other words, create identity-based habits. Don't have the goal, I need to eat better brain foods. That's a wonderful goal, but you don't want to focus on that. But instead, begin telling yourself, you know what? I am an individual. That's how I'm characterized. That's who I'm becoming. I'm an individual who eats better brain food and makes healthy food choices. And then when you see that plate of cookies that your neighbor brought to you and, you know, your your reaction is, "Mm, no, that doesn't go with my identity. That's not who I'm becoming. That's not who I am. I'm not going to choose to eat those because I'm a person who eats foods that nourish my brain and enhance my brain performance and sugar and empty carbs won't do it. So become, practice and believe who you're becoming and who you are in Christ. And then the last one I alluded to a little bit earlier where it's helpful if you can create some kind of friction with your bad habits and create easy engagement with your good habits. And you can even think of, you know, like short little chunks of time. But what I mean by this is, is like we were saying with the brain foods, if you want to create friction with a bad habit of eating high sugar, high processed foods, things that are not good for your brain and your body and your emotional well-being, get them out of your house. 
because you want to make them hard for you to get so that if you say, oh my goodness, I've got to have a milkshake, I've got to have a milkshake, or I've got to have some ice cream, well, you're going to have to make yourself drive to the store to get it if you really want it that bad, so badly. So make sure that you're creating some kind of friction with bad habits, but make it easy engagement for the good ones, just like having your Bible around, ha having scripture verses up around, having that weekly Bible study with those folks to hold you accountable and, and make those things a little bit easier for you. For an, another thing that he's mentioning here in the laws of habit creation is, is, for example, each morning put out your brain boosting tea on the counter, have it ready for you to make each morning so that you can, the prep for that is really, really easy and then make it easy to continue this habit. And the, the reward is that you can also hitch this new habit that you want to establish to the one you already do. So if you're making your, you know, your tea every morning and you've got it easily accessible, easy for you to make it. And then what you can do while the water's brewing, while the water's heating is you can attach another habit, a good habit, something that you want to develop in your life to the one that's already there. So you can say during the time the water's heating, I'm going to memorize that scripture verse or work on that. So you can practice this process of hitching it to, uh, hitching a new habit you want to develop to one that's already firmly established. And then the reward is kind of gets intermingled there because you're, you have your tea at the very end of that even. So feel satisfied as you're learning and being transformed. Feel grateful as your mind is being renewed daily. Feel healthy and strong each day for as much as you can. Attach positive emotions with any new habit you're trying to form. You know, I started a, an exercise group called CrossFit it's, it's actually a, a small group of women. The, the teacher, our facilitator there is the one who actually goes to CrossFit and pays for that service. She just kind of teaches them to us, the, the different exercises to us. And we do that a couple days a week. And, and at first I thought, oh my goodness, I can't do this. I can't do them. That, those were my thoughts. And then finally I switched that to, you know what? I am feeling healthier and stronger. And I started saying, I'm getting stronger every day. And so when I'm trying to lift something or do like the, you know, the 75th burpee or whatever it might be, or put 40 pounds over my head with two dumbbells, two barbells, or whatever those things are called, you know, the little hand weights that weigh 20 pounds each. What I'm telling myself is I'm getting stronger every day because that fuses, it's true for one thing. And it, then it, it just infuses the whole process with a lot of energy, a lot of hope, and that's my reward. So I'm attaching positive emotion and feeling to this habit as I'm trying to grow and, and, you know, become stronger and so forth. And I want to go back for a second to the, the importance of accountability and, you know, that's why we're really here in part. We need each other. We need encouragement and inspiration and hope. And we need to see how Christ is working. And in, in, I need to see how he's working in your life. And I want you to see how he's working in mine because our stories are powerful. We need someone to whom we can confess our, you know, our sins, our missteps or the trappings of our flesh. Someone we trust who will offer us criticism or rebuke when we need it to spur us on because iron sharpens iron. And then 
like you, you know, I've been through the flames in my life, through the refiner's fire, and my struggles have become my story. Stories and mechanisms that I've used to cope and grow stronger. And you can be warmed by what God has pruned away in my life and burned. And I can be warm sitting at your fireside too. We, we can both see the beauty from the ashes. You can see mine and I can see yours. And I'm kind of coming to the last few minutes of our, our time together here today as we're as we've you know discussed our neuroplasticity, which gives us a great deal of hope in our adventure and in our journey in life. And then how to develop, begin to develop some of the, these good habits that 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 lead us in the proper direction for health and wholeness and so forth. I, if you get, gather nothing else from everything we've been talking about, this isn't just positive thinking. I think that's probably something fairly secular. That's not what I'm teaching or sharing. Um, it's not Oh, I'll just, I'll just tell myself I'm these things. Nope. Because if you tell yourself that and you don't really believe it, you're actually creating cognitive dissonance. We're going to tell ourselves, we're going to find out what God says about us and then ask him to help us believe those things if we don't and help us with our unbelief and then to walk into his truth and be led by his truth. It's not just saying, you know, I'm uh, you know, I, I'm not fearing, I'm not fearing, I'm not fearing because God says, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. It's a, the most popular commandment in the Bible, right? Do not fear. And, but, but it's not just a matter of saying woohoo and, and, oh yeah, I'm not afraid because that doesn't work. And it, it, it has to do with God and he will do the work in, in, in our lives in order to get us to that point where we're really believing what we're proclaiming, where our faith has feet to it, where we can apply our faith in practical ways. There is a lot of hope in the fact that we, our brains, those old things can be weakened and we can actually like make new pathways that become second nature. <laughs> That's wonderful. And then I love these practical things we can start applying to our lives to make new habits. So this is, this was really good stuff today. Good. I'm thank you so much for that. And I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Yeah. When I, you know, I've tried to curate a lot of information also for you. I daily I'm studying and, and looking and investigating and trying to research. I'm nerding out on brain science. It's, you know, I think I'm driving my kids crazy and, but it's so intriguing to me. It's interesting. And the real truth is that I I've had transformation and I don't ever want to go back to where I was. And by God's good grace, I won't because he has taught me so many things about, about who I am. And, and there's such joy to be had there. And I want to be, I want to be a kingdom influencer. I want to be someone who, who brings the fire. I want to be someone whose light is shining for Christ and for his glory. And if I'm trapped in toxic thinking, like I was so many years ago, um, I, I'm rendered a bit useless and I'm sure Satan loved it. I mean, my kids were so worried about me back then. My, my son-in-law was bringing me roses. He's like, here you go, mom. I brought you some, I mean, it was a real, it, it was months in the, in the making for, for me to kind of work through that. But I was willing thank God 
and and he was with me every single step of the way so and here I am now I just wanted to say that I bless your ministry Victoria and I do appreciate the tip you gave today of attaching one good habit to another because very often people would say to you to dump an, a negative habit and replace it with a positive one and sometimes that's a little bit challenging to do however using that technique you just shared of attaching a positive habit to another positive habit I think that will be a game changer for me. So thank you and bless you for sharing that. Oh, you're quite welcome, Kathleen. And I have to give the the real credit goes to James Clear because that was his idea. I learned that through his teaching and his his books and his videos. He mentioned that. And I was just like you, Kathleen. I thought, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense because nobody has to, when I get up in the morning, I, I mean, one of the first things I do is go press the button on my coffee maker. And I don't, it's not even hard to do that. It's very easy. The reward is I'm going to get the coffee, right? And I'm going to have my devotional time with the Lord. I've got all of those positive emotions set with that. And I don't have to think about it. I just press the button. I don't even have to put a reminder up for myself. It's just, I'm in that good habit. And so one of the things that, that he said, and this may also be coming from Jim quick. So I may be crossing my wires here, but um, is to conjure up emotion as you do that. And okay, the, the coffee is brewing or the water's boiling for my tea or, you know, heating for my tea. And so now I'm going to do this two minute task, start very small, but all that emotion floods into that as well. When you piggyback it on something that you're already doing and suddenly you're into that habit too. Now they would suggest do 10 jumping jacks or five minutes of aerobic activity because the best time up here Currently, to exercise is 7 a.m. Isn't that crazy? But that's a really good, they studied athletes and um, one study suggests that that was the best time to, to actually get some aerobic, extra, get your brain firing up, get your body ready and get you in that right mood to then go to the other tasks that you have in that day. But um, so he said it that you don't even have to do you don't have to do a complete 30 minute workout or two mile run, just do five minutes of exercise. The benefit to your brain is amazing. So, um, so I want to give them credit for that, but I loved it too. That was a big one for me too. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in and please stay in touch. Come on over to my website. It's victoriadwalker.com. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.